gets old. It never, never gets old. Hey, guys, I want to do something right here at the beginning of the sermon. Uh, before we get into the rest of it, before we have a great Sunday, before we do all the rest of At The Movies, I want to do something this morning. That is honor a team here at Victory, the Dream Team. Because this At The Movie series, how many have enjoyed it so far? Everybody enjoyed the At The Movie series? At The Movies is not possible without the Dream Team. And so this one, I want to honor the ones who have been working in concessions this whole month, that they've been back there so you guys can have popcorn and Coke and the rest. Come on, how many want to honor Let's give them. Come on. They can't hear you. They're out there working, trying to get this stuff right. So, hey, today, just, just encourage you guys today, before you just stop by in there, tell them thank you. Man, they just did such an awesome, awesome job this whole month, just serving, uh, just serving you guys so you guys can enjoy the services. And then the second group of the Dream Team that I want to honor this morning is our tech team. Uh, they're in the video booth, the sound booth, just making stuff, make sure it all runs correctly. Have they not done a fantastic job? Can we just honor them? Man, from the lights to the video to the sound to the streaming to all the cameras, man, they just do a fantastic, fantastic job. It, it would not happen without them. Honestly, they are the most important part of At The Movie. So I just want to honor them uh, this morning because we are... Like we told you a little bit earlier, today is the final Sunday of our At The Movie series. Come on, everybody's a little bit sad about that, right? A little bit sad about that. But today on week four, I decided we were going to do the most requested movie that we have had in the last four years. Every year running, this has been the movie that you guys have requested the most, which is a little bit strange considering Thanksgiving hasn't even hit yet. And you guys are already requesting this movie because this movie is one of the classics of the holiday genre. All right. This is one of the pillars of movie making it's epic it's got drama it is one of the greatest classics ever created on film it's just one of those touching horror in fact i've had four or five families tell me that they get their family together every year and they watch this at christmas time they watch it over the holidays it's just an awesome just pillar of the movie making community just an incredible incredible movie i know you guys are going to love it because who doesn't set up the tree decorate with the ornaments start the fire gather your family close and watch elf Hello. Hey. Oh, beautiful. <sighs> Looks like a Christmas tree. Sorry I can't ride with you the rest of the way up, but this is where my dad works. Well, have a good time. Oh, I forgot to give you a hug. Okay, so maybe it wasn't what you were thinking, all right? Maybe we'll do what you were thinking next, next Christmas holidays, next ones. Honest question, who's made this a tradition with your family? Who watches this every year? All right, there we go. Right, in case you've never seen this movie, I don't know. In case you've never seen this one, Buddy is a human who has grown up at the North Pole. In case you can't tell. He has grown up at the North Pole, and that provides, as we'll see, some challenges for a six foot three, two hundred pound elf. All right, it just, it just does, and you'll see that in a little bit. But he's searching for his real father in New York City, and so he heads there to bring Christmas cheer to New Yorkers who really, really, really don't want it. All right, they really could do something else. And I want to take just a few minutes this morning. Before we hit Thanksgiving, before we hit Christmas and the holiday rush and a whole month of craziness that keeps going until January finally hits, I want to take a few moments and just learn what we can from Buddy the Elf. 
I want to pull out some truths, and I know, just stay with me, all right, this morning. And here's what we did as well. We got some reports in the first three weeks of At The Movies that there were some popcorn fights going on amongst all of you, that there was some, some popcorn throwing. And lest you think it was the kids' own kids from last week, no, 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 it was the adults, all right? We have it on good authority, it was the adults. So what we thought we would do this morning is we thought we would arm you properly, all right? I thought I would arm you properly. So what we did is we distributed about 100 of these indoor snowballs Underneath the seats and all around the church this morning. So you can check if you have one. I think some people have collected them. So if you've got about a hundred of them, we know who you are. And here's what we're going to do, all right? During this first clip that we're about to watch, I give you 100% permission to bean as many people in the face as you want to, all right? You can, you can hit, get all your aggression out during this clip. You can go ahead and throw it because it doesn't take Buddy the Elf very long to realize and to learn that he didn't really fit where Let's he recite was. Recite the code of the elves, shall we? Number one. Treat every day like Christmas. Number two. There's room for everyone on the nice list. Number three. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. As much as uh, Buddy was accepted by his family and friends, there were a few drawbacks to being a, a human in a, an elf's world. be a little bit short on today's quota. It's all right, buddy. Just how many answer sketches did you get finished? Come on, buddy, how many? I made, uh, 85. Eighty-five? That puts you... 915 off the pace. Why don't you just say it? I'm the worst toy maker in the world. I'm a cotton-headed ninny muggins. <sighs> no, buddy, you're not a cotton-headed ninny muggins. We all just have different talents. That's all. Seems like everyone else has the same talents except for me. You, you have, you have lots of talents. Uh, special talents, in fact, like um, uh, special talents. Hey, you changed batteries in the smoke detector. Uh -huh. Sure did. Triple A's. In six months, you'll have to check them again. Won't he? Mm -hmm. And you're the only baritone in the elf choir. <laughs> you bring us down a whole octave. In a good way. <laughs> See, buddy, you're not a cotton-headed ninny muggins. You're just special. And so, Buddy was sent where the the special elves work. <laughs> <laughs> to you, but I think you can help me pick up the slack on those etches catches? No problem. I appreciate it. Buddy is killing me. I already got Lum Lum and Choo Choo pulling doubles. 
quick thinking yesterday with that special talents thing. I feel bad for the guy. I just hope he doesn't get wise. Well, if he hasn't figured out he's a human by now, I don't think he ever will. He hasn't figured out he's a human by now. I don't think he ever will. I think they're too small. They're just... Speck. You don't look so good, buddy. Are you okay? I'll be okay. I just need a glass of water. Ah! Buddy. I realize the danger of arming an audience, by the way. I understand. That's like tops on the list of public speaking not to do. But I figure if I can get all of them at the same time. I mean, why not, why not rearm with every single last... One of them. By the way, you're arming me for the next clip, so I'm going to return the favor. Don't worry. Don't worry. They're all coming back at you. I love Buddy. I, I, don't, know, I, I don't know if you've watched this movie at Christmas time. I love Buddy. He tries his best to fit in. For 30 years, Buddy tries to fit into this elf culture. He tries to fit in at the North Pole, but he can't make toys like the elves. Right? He doesn't fit into their world. He doesn't fit in the showers. He doesn't fit in the chairs. He doesn't fit in the bed. He doesn't fit in the desk you saw in the school scene. He just doesn't fit. And I want to start off this morning with this idea that you and I in this world, in this world, are a lot like Buddy. Because the longer that you live the Christian life, the longer you follow Jesus, the more and more you start to see in your own life, in your own walk, that maybe we just don't fit in the world around us. That we just don't seem to fit. Paul talks about that world in Philippians chapter 3. He says there are many whose conduct shows that they're enemies of the cross of Christ. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. And they think only about this life here on this earth. And then he turns it around and talks about us in verse 20. He says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And the truth of the Christian life is you don't fit. If there's a truth that we're going to start off with this morning, it's that you don't fit. In fact, let me put it to you this way. There is peace in realizing that you don't fit. There's a peace that comes in the Christian walk in realizing that you don't fit, in realizing that what you are made for is a citizen of heaven. And Peter talks about it later in the New Testament, about how to live knowing that we're exiles and we're foreigners in this life. We're just passing through. But the beauty of it is knowing that there is peace in knowing we don't Fit Because you begin to live life a little bit differently. You start to gain this ability to get your eyes off of the temporal. If you realize that you don't fit, that you're an exile just passing through, that you're a citizen of heaven, you gain this ability to get your eyes off of the temporal, get your eyes off of the things that don't matter anyways, to get your eyes off of the things that don't matter in eternity. And so you begin to get your eyes. It gives you perspective in your life. But Buddy heads to the city to find his father, except his dad doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Excuse me. I'm here to see a Walter Hobbs. I'm Buddy the Elf. You look hilarious. Who sent you? Papa Elf. Papa Elf? Mm -hmm. From the North Pole. From the North Pole? Yes. Yeah. Mr. Hobbs? It's me on the intercom. Go ahead. Yeah, I think someone sent you a Christmas gram. Dad! All right, uh, let's get it over with. I walked all day and night to find you. You look like you came from the North Pole. <laughs> exactly where I came from. Santa must have called you. Oh, yeah, sure. He, uh, 
Just got off the cell phone with me. You did? So, go on. Go on with what? Well, I, are you going to sing a song or something, or can I just go back to work? A song? Uh, yeah. Anything for you, Dad. Um, I, I'm, I'm here with my dad, and we never met, and he wants me to sing him a song. <laughs> and guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you. Wow, that was weird. You know, usually, you guys just, uh, you know, put my name in the jingle bells or something. Who sent this Christmas gram? What's a Christmas gram? I want one. I think we should call security. Good idea. I like to whisper too. It's okay. Walter's my father. Well, your dad's busy right now. Okay, I'll come back later. Yeah, you know, you're not going to come back for a while, okay? You're going to go back to Sandland. Okay. Buddy, his son, okay? okay? And I love him so much, and I think he's the greatest dad in the world. You guys are so strong. Yeah. Mr. Hobbs, the police are on line one. Police. Hello? I'm Buddy. I'm your son. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Where'd you get this picture? Papa Elf gave it to me. This is some kind of game. What do you want? Some money? No. I just wanted to meet you, and I thought you might want to meet me. Who wouldn't want to meet you? Maybe we can make gingerbread houses and eat cookie dough and go ice skating and, and maybe even hold hands. Come with me. Okay. Who wouldn't want to meet you, buddy? Who wouldn't want to? If there's something I love most about Buddy in this movie, it's the fact that no matter what happens to him, no matter what goes on in his life, he never fails to look at the bright side of the situation. 
right? If they're all laughing at him, he sings a song. If he gets thrown out of the building, he's just happy about being with those guys. If he gets thrown into prison, he's just excited he gets to call his dad. Nothing and no one, no circumstance could take Buddy's joy from him. And I think that Paul echoes this story, or this story echoes something that Paul wrote in that same book of Philippians. When Paul's writing to the church in Philippi, the entire book that he begins to describe to the church in Philippi, what true joy looks like. And the reason that Elf is kind of an echo of that story is that Paul is writing that entire book about joy and about how to have joy while he is sitting in a prison. While he's sitting in jail, he's starting to write letters out and he's starting to describe what joy looks like. And he starts off his letter in a different way than maybe you and I would start off because I would start a letter from prison. Get me out, get me out, get me out, get me out. But Paul starts this letter. Look in verse three. He says, I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, he said, I have the spirit of joy because I'm confident that God who began the journey in you, this good work will carry it on into completion in the day of Christ Jesus. Paul's saying, church, I want you to know whatever you go through, God is going to be faithful to bring you through it because God has a promise and he has a plan. He's going to complete it. That God is a God who, if he makes the promise, he will get you through it. He's going to do something great in your life. Whatever promise that he says will come to pass. The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. And so whatever God has promised, he will bring it to completion. The problem is a lot of times in life, it doesn't feel that way. A lot of times in life, we're living our lives and going along in the circumstances of life, try to tell us that God isn't faithful or that God isn't going to bring about his promise for us. And so Paul teaches this lesson in Philippians and he teaches this letter from prison about how we can experience true joy because we walk through adversities in life. We walk through things in life that make it difficult for us. And I think sometimes when we go through those, a lot of times the world's solution to that is to find happiness in whatever circumstance. The world's solution is to find happiness or to be happy. And the problem with that is, jot it down if you're taking notes, happiness is based on happenings. And so it's not wrong. It's not unbiblical. It's just based on your circumstances. So happiness is based on the circumstances around you. So if happiness is all that you have, then when your circumstances change, then you lose your happiness with it. So when your circumstances start to change, you lose it with it. And when life gets hard, you start to lose your happiness. And I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I promise you, life will get hard. Life will get, especially if you do what God has called you to do, you go through hard times. When God has a promise and God has a plan and you walk in that plan, a lot of times hardships and things will come against you. There are tribulations, Jesus told us, but we take heart in him. We take heart in his faithfulness. We'll go down to verse 12. Paul says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And I think this place, this phrase is where a lot of Christians sometimes get hung up. I think a lot of times we get shipwrecked in our faith when we come across this phrase, when we use it, what has happened to me? Because we start to dwell on the things that we've come through and the things that have happened to us, and we start to lose sight of what God has promised us. And we start to get our eyes around us on all the different things, what has happened to me. And Paul's teaching us to live a life of joy no matter what the circumstances are in your life. Because if peace is realizing that you don't fit here on earth, joy is accepting that things don't always have to be perfect. You want to have true joy in your life, you've got to start with accepting things don't always have to be perfect. Life doesn't have to be perfect to be joyful. Come on, somebody. That's a good, that's right. Put that on your fridge, right? Let, let me rewrite this for you in the holiday season, all right? I thought I would rewrite this to help you out as we go into Thanksgiving and Christmas. Life doesn't always have to be Pinterest to be joyful. 
Come on, somebody. I'm going to set somebody free this morning, all right? I'm going I'm to help you out with it. Life doesn't always have to be Pinterest because you're scrolling through and you see that perfect room decorated or you see that perfect food dish or you see those lights that took maybe a contractor six months to set up, right, in that decoration. And then you remember that all your ornaments are broken and you have your lights from last year hanging halfway off the corner of your house and the middle of the tree is missing, right? Come on, somebody. You just, you see all those things. But life doesn't have to be Pinterest to be joyful. Paul says, I'm in prison. I know that. But man, the gospel is being preached and God who made the promise is faithful. Paul said, look at all these things that have happened to me. But I know that in all of this, the gospel is being preached and the God who gave the gospel is being is being faithful in church. When you serve a faithful God, the world can do whatever it wants. Our joy isn't going anywhere. When you serve a God who is faithful to complete the promise, your joy is not going anywhere with the circumstances. Come on. Some of you are seeing Buddy the Elf in the new light this morning. All right. Some of you are starting to see. But Buddy decides to head to the department store to get a gift for his dad. And while he's there, his elf uniform gets him into a whole new set of problems. Passion fruit spray? Fruit spray? Sure. Sorry. You want to go? Hey, have you seen these toilets? They're ginormous. North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this for me? Oh, hi. Santa's coming. <laughs> work is your new favorite. Make work your new favorite. But Buddy says, I know him. I know him. I love this movie and I love this part. He gets so pumped up to be with Santa. But if you look at the timeline of this movie, he has been with Santa about two days before this. It's only been two days since the last time that Buddy saw Santa Claus. But he still just can't wait. He cannot wait until he 
gets to see him again. And I want to read the last half of the verse that we started this morning with. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Because maybe that's one of the things that we lose sight of in the church. Maybe that's one of the things we lose sight of because, yes, Jesus came. He died and he rose again. But then he is coming back. And I think sometimes we preach all the rest of it, but we lose sight of the fact that he is returning. That we do have a savior who's coming back for us. You know, peace is realizing that you don't fit and joy is accepting that things can't always be perfect. Hope is knowing what comes next. The hope of the Christian life is knowing that our Savior is returning, that he is coming back for us. The good news of the gospel is that Christ has saved us for all eternity and he is coming back. And on that day, man, the Bible talks about how it's going to be like lightning from the east to the west, how the trumpet's going to sound, how the dead in Christ will rise first. It's not going to be a quiet day. It's not going to be all all quiet and peaceful and the rest. It's going to be this shout of triumph as Jesus returns. And you can just see in your mind's eye the church rising and saying, I know him. I know him. Come on, somebody. So Buddy stays up all night. Buddy stays up all night, and he's going to prepare the department store for Santa to arrive. He wants to make sure everything is ready for the big red guy, all right? And then Santa arrives. talking about i'm santa claus no you're not oh why of course i am (laughs) you're santa what song did i sing for you on your birthday this year uh happy birthday of course (laughs) Uh, so uh how old are you son you're a big boy what's your name and uh, what can i get you for christmas don't tell him what you want he's a liar let the kid talk you disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? He's <laughs> kidding. You stink. I think you're going to have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Okay. Good. <gasps> ah! He's a monster! He's a fake! He's a fake! He's a fake! 
If that's not the most iconic Christmas scene of television history, I don't know what is, all right? Buddy is so upset that this guy is impersonating Santa because Buddy knew who Santa was. You heard his descriptions, right? You don't smell like the real Santa. You don't look like the real Santa. I'm going to terrify all these kids because you're not the real Santa. You're not the true. You're an impersonator. Buddy had been around Santa so much that he knew who he was. What would we be able to say about Jesus? What would we be able to say? Because Jesus answered them and he said, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and they'll lead many astray. And then in Luke, he warns them, people are going to say, there he is out there. Come see. This is really Jesus. Or here he is over here. Come and see him. He's in the desert preaching. This is really Jesus. See, we live in a world that is constantly bombarded by groups or personalities or political parties who try to put the name of Jesus on every single thing that they do. And things that are as far from the teaching of Jesus as possible. Yet it sounds good. It sounds right. But can we recognize Jesus in this world? Are we able to recognize when it is him and when it's not? How much time have we spent with him that we're able to see? Jesus said in John, my sheep know my voice. Because someone may sit across from your desk on Tuesday and they might start telling you this new idea that sounds really good. And it almost sounds like what the Bible teaches, but it's just not right. It's just not the right. And as Christ followers, we have to have the courage to say, you don't look like Santa. And you don't sound like Santa. Come on, work with me here, people. You smell like beef and cheese. That's what we got to have the courage to be able to say, no, that's not right. That's not it. And let me just close with this thought. What would we be able to say about Jesus? Bow your heads with me this morning all across this room. What would we be able to say about Jesus? For some of you, you might say, I know him. I know him. And maybe there are some of you here here today and you want to say, I know him. You say, I want to know him. I want to have that assurance of eternity. I, I want to know Jesus. That's you. You're here today and you say, I want to know him. I want to have that assurance. I just want to pray with you this morning. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. And maybe your whole life you've been told that God was mad at you. Or maybe you've been told by religious people that God didn't want you. That how could God want someone like you? You want to know the truth this morning? He wants you. And I don't care what else someone else has told you in your life. God wants you. God loves you. And he doesn't care where you've been. He doesn't care what you've done. He wants to redeem you. God wants to free you. And so this morning, if that's you, if you say, I want to pray that prayer. You say, but I've walked away from God in the past. I've pushed him away. I've, I've severed that relationship. I just want to pray with you this morning. You are one prayer away from coming back home. And it's not about joining a church. It's not about being part of religion. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ who saves you. So here's what we're going to do. If that's you this morning, you say, I want to be included in that prayer. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you come to the front. I'm not looking to embarrass you. I just want to give you the words to a prayer. So you can renew that relationship with Jesus. 
So every head is bowed, every eye is closed. But if that's you, you say, include me in that. Make your decision. And would you do me the favor? No one else is looking around, but would you do me the favor? And just stretch your hand up high right now if you say, include me in that prayer. Great job. Great job. That's you. Just say, include me in that prayer. Just raise your hand. Great job. Awesome job. Be bold. If you want to join those. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer, and I'm going to give you the words to it. And the whole church is going to pray along with those six who raise their hands. But here's the thing. You've got to mean it in your own heart. So come on, church. Let's pray with them. Just say these words out loud. Say, Jesus, please forgive me today for all of my sin, for all my mistakes. I repent. I want to change. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name.